0: Welcome to the sermons and teachings from the Catalyst Fellowship with Ipai Michael. We We hope the message you're about about to listen to will edify you and cause you to experience exponential growth. And now, the message. God wants to make a different breed out of us. That is not common. Are you listening to me? A different breed out of us. That is not common. That's why we're teaching the making of a man of the spirit it's it's so important and timely that you learn this that you learn who a man of the spirit is and how you must act i told you last time i said there are nuances of a man of the spirit there is a way of life of a man of the spirit you see every system in the world is competing for something we call mind share are you listening to me every system in the world is competing for what mindshare, they are competing for your attention because where the heart of a man is or where the treasure of a man is rather, his heart is are you listening to what I'm saying so, we're competing for mindshare, for your focus, one way or the other, it's what we do you know, there's a simple principle in computer science it's not a principle but it's it's a concept in computer science You know, it's a branch of computer science we call user interface design and user experience. Listen, the focus of people and the attention of people is so important that in computer science, they have to create a whole new field called UX research, which is user experience. And the goal of UX research is simply to find out how to make you easily use a platform and stay on the platform. Are you listening to me? It is the same. Every business, every system every organization is competing for that attention. Because are you listening to me? Even your jobs, the only difference is that your jobs, you get paid for that time. Are you getting what I'm saying? You're competing for the same. It's something like user experience, de- um, you know, user experience design or research that brings up ideas like the infinite scroll on Instagram. You know what it is? On TikTok well if you don't know let me explain it to you it's a trap. it's an intentional trough normally when you scroll on devices it comes to an end well recently social media platforms began to realize that why not create an infinite scroll where we can suggest the most relevant things to people to keep them scrolling are you listening to me I'm not I'm not doing conspiracy theory I'm just giving you simple insights Are you getting what I'm saying? You're competing for mind share, for your attention. From colors, to fonts, to style, everybody's competing for your attention. And this is why you must do something I like to call a passion check. What did I call it? A passion check. And what is a passion check? Well, passion check is that time in your life where you sit down and you consider everything that is taking your your attention and you come to a place of prioritizing, is my attention in the right place? Let me give a common example. If you use an iPhone, there's something you get quickly, which is the report of how much you've spent on your how much time you spent on your phone. You have seen that report and you were shocked. What's the average you see? 20, 23 hours. How many do you see? Nine. Nine is fair. It's it's not it's not good enough, but it's fair. Of a whole week, nine hours. It means if you divide it, you spent at least an hour, maybe an hour ten minutes there about every week, right? There about thirteen. There was a time it was twenty three on my phone. I knew something was wrong. <laughs> so, recently I got one and it said three hours. I said, yes, I'm a serious man. <laughs> Listen, the reason why I'm giving you this example is because you must do something called a passion's check. And in passion's check, you're checking yourself. What is taking my time? What is the most important thing in my life? Sometimes when you do a passion's check, you would realize that you value money more than some other things in your life. A good way to know a heart of a man is to check his finances. If you do an analysis of your finances, and you see what you are spending on, you know what is called violence. Amen. Is this making sense? So from time to time, you must do what I call a passion check. In medical science, when you want to know that someone is sick, what do you look out for? Symptoms. From the symptoms, you can know what the problem is. Are you getting what I'm saying? You can know what, what the problem is. The same way in faith, in your spiritual well being from the symptoms around you, you can know. For example, the moment the things of God stop interesting you like they used to be, it's an indication of a larger problem. Are you listening to me? It's an indication of what? Of a larger problem. The moment prayer stops interesting you like it used to, it's also an indication of a larger problem. Because the moment you can overlook it and do something else, something else has taken over that passion are you seeing what I'm saying something else is in control and these things are subtle oh my god they are very subtle you wouldn't know when they are happening are you following me very subtle it's like building habits how many of you have tried to go to the gym all of you (laughs) don't worry we are plenty sorry they are plenty in the gym I've given up things of the flesh turn out things that are focusing on the Lord. Amen? Let, let me spiritually gym. Talk about it. My wife likes me like this. Amen? Glory to God. So, how many of you have tried to go to the gym and in the first instance, it was a struggle? Why was it a struggle? Well, because the pain that you're experiencing in the gym and the amount of time it takes you to go there, you will rather be doing something else at that time, maybe sleeping, It's to honest truth. Is the gym beneficial for you? Do you know it's beneficial for you? So why are you not going? It's far. Well, guess what? If there was a shoot happening there, you'll go. Because you're a videographer and you love videography. Are you seeing what I'm saying? What do you like? I don't know. (laughs) Well, if a celebrity you like is there, you'll go. It wouldn't matter. What do you like? Like, if they are doing... Recipe, reveal, you will go. why explain, you explaining, you go. <laughs> Please, are you getting my point? It means the problem is not the gym. The problem is you and your passion. You've not prioritized the gym enough in your heart to see that you would rather go there than do any other thing. When you want to know that someone really likes you, go in there. I'm used to just we'll be jogging on the road in the cold I'm like, hey. <laughs> well done. but can I tell you something these habits can be built intentional if you keep going regardless there's something you know that you're doing to your brain letting your brain know that regardless of how I feel this is so important that I'm going to do it and the more you continue to do that it becomes second nature to you and when you don't do it it becomes a problem you feel somehow oh I need to be here are you getting this? Let me give you another example. Very practical today, right? Another example. Only terrorists watch movies without eating. Am I correct? I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay. How many of you eat while you watch? movies? Has it happened to you before that you wanted to watch it, you are not hungry, but you started, going, or you started looking forward to? It. It's because your brain has sort of associated eating and seeing a movie. You know what I'm saying? These are things that are built with the reason why I'm giving you all these examples because you have to be able to do a passions check what is in control of my life are you getting this, what is in control what is that thing that can take my attention for example from the things of God, when it comes to spiritual things as well you must be able to do a passions check why am I not praying, are you listening to me, let me give you a good example, if the Catholic Church moves far east after Metro, would you still come to jail? Be honest. Baby. Listen, I'm not, I'm not going to Be honest. <laughs> yes, baby. It might, I mean, at first it might be hard, but you might build the habit later because you want to come. Right? That's exactly right. So, but there is a way to train yourself when you begin to see certain symptoms in your spirit and you begin to make certain corrections. Are you listening to me? So when you check it and you say, oh, today I don't feel like praying. That's a problem. What do I do? I take a fast. Because I know that things of the flesh are already taking more priority in my life than things of the spirit. You woke up, you're about to go to church, and an excuse seems to be enough to tell you, don't go. It's already a problem. It's an indication of a larger problem. The problem is not that you are tired. The problem is that you have, in some way, dropped the value or the priority of that particular situation, in your heart, to a point that an excuse will take over. Why did you not Why did you not stop class when you were in school? Well, the value of the school fees you paid. Are you getting this? To make you, I don't want to, I don't have another five k to pay for another term. Are you getting this? What value do you place on the word of God? That's where I'm going. What value have you prayed on your times of prayer? On your devotion on the things of the spirit on the study of the word of God. And the end goal of all of these things is to show you that you can make an adjustment. You can train your spirit. You can what? Train your spirit. Open your Bibles with me to the book of James. James chapter 1 and verse 21. James chapter 1 and verse 21. Very quickly, James 1, 21. Are we there? I have a lot to share with you, so I want us to move at the speed of light. James chapter 1 and verse 21. I you with your Bibles. At least open it on your phone. Okay, it's here. All right, let's read together. Are you ready? Say I. Okay. Are you ready? Say I. All right, let's read together. Want to go? Ah, that was not how you said I. Read how you said I. Are you ready? Want to go? Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness. the what? Which is able to what? Hallelujah. He says, Lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. He's talking about your reception to the word of God. He says, receive it with what? With meekness. The word meekness there means humility. What is your approach? I think it's my one. amen. What is your approach to the word of God? When you are coming to church, what is your expectation? Is your expectation that, oh, I'm coming to church just to, you know, I went to church. Or do you believe that there is a word that can impact your life and change your soul? Think about what I'm saying. Think deeply about it. Are you coming to church because, oh, if I don't come to church, Pastor Mike is going to say, ah, Barry why did you not come to church? or oh, actually, why do you not come to church? Or are you coming to church because you believe that there is something in the word of God that is for you that will change your life? Are you coming to church because you understand that the Bible says that you should not neglect the gathering of brethren because you know that meeting with other believers can cause something in you it's called edification. Are you listening to me? He says lay aside off this." he says receive with meekness the implanted word of God which is able to save your soul. Next verse what does he say? Want to go? But be doers of the word And not hearers only deceiving yourself. He says, be what? And not what? Doing what? He's talking about your disposition to the word of God. He says, receive the word with meekness, but don't just be hearers of the word. He says, be doers of the word. Next verse, verse 23. Let's read together. I want to go of the word and not a doer. He's like a man observing his natural face in what? in a mirror next verse for if he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was next verse but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of what and what will be blessed in what he does hallelujah what's the comparison between a hearer of the word and a doer of the word Now, this teaches you a different approach to being a doer of the word. He says, do not be hearers only, but be what? Doers. He says, a person who is a hearer only is like a person who observes himself in what? In a mirror and does what? He walks away, but he does not remember. But a doer is one who looks at the perfect law of liberty and continues that the way that you become a hearer of the word or rather be a doer of the word, is by retaining in your consciousness who you are. He uses a metaphor. A metaphor of looking at a glass. If you look at the glass, and you remember who you are, when you walk away, you will act like who you are. But if you look at the glass, and you don't see who you are, you don't remember keeping your consciousness who you are, you go out and you act differently. Have you ever heard your parents tell you, remember the son of who you are? Would you ever forget that? So, why do they say remember? Well, it means being a doer of something has a lot to do with retention. How much of it have you put in your mind? How much of the ideas of who you are have you put in your spirit? It means the secret to being a doer of the word is retention. Are you following me, everybody? What did I say right now? Say that again. Can you say it like you believe it? It's retention. If you can keep in your consciousness who you are, it will not be hard to do the word. Are you following me? He says, he not being a forgetful hearer that's a doer. A person who does not forget. As long as you retain in your consciousness who you are, your actions will align. So maybe the reason why you are not doing the word as you ought to is that you are not retaining in your consciousness. Let me ask you a question. How many times do you leave church and go home and revise your notes? not common, right? Well, if you want to be a doer of the word, James is telling you now that he who is a doer is one who retains in his memory. Listen, what this series is trying to do for you is to connect your Sunday to your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Some of you are a different people on Sunday than you are the rest of the week. How do you connect your Sunday to your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? You're in church today and you reverence God. You love God. You are here to worship God. Eyes closed, hands lifted up. But is this your reality on Monday? Or do you forget who you are? Is this your reality on Tuesday? Or do you forget who you are? How about on Wednesday? How about when friends call you to do something else? Do you remember? This is how to be a man of the Spirit. Do you remember? Do you remember? If you're being honest with yourself, think about it. Do you even remember the phrase, I'm a man of the spirit on Monday? Remember on Tuesday. Does this come up in your morning times that, oh, this is who I am. I'm going to spend time praying to God. Does he help you when you prioritize things in your life? I must read my Bible today. I must listen to a sermon today. How many of you know that the sermons we preach here on Sunday are still on YouTube? And we have a podcast platform where all the sermons we've preached for the last three years are, do you remember? That's what it means to be a doer of the word. Act it unless you retain it in your consciousness. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because the things you learn in church are not for intellectual stimulation. When I tell you what the Greek word, I'm not trying to create just a Bible scholar out of you. No. I'm trying to give you something that I want to impact your life. I've taught you before that theology, good theology must lead to what? Good praxeology. Good praxeology must lead to what? Doxology. And good doxology must lead to what? So, that's the end. so let's explain for the benefit of people who are not here. What is theology? The study of God. Right? Good theology must lead to what? What is praxeology? The practice. Right? Good praxeology must now lead to what? What is doxology? The praise and the worship of God. Does it make sense now? So let's say it together good theology must lead to what good practice must lead to what which means that theology is not complete if it does not impact how you live your life do you know atheists know the bible well they read the bible <laughs> they, but they read different purposes than you and you see what i'm saying oh they know the bible there are different people who reference the bible for many things for quotes and stuff like that but the difference between you and that person is that you don't just read or learn theology you apply theology that's the end goal of theology are you listening to me that you practice say that i practice say i'll be a doer of the word say i'll be a doer of the word i'll practice the word of god because what we're trying to get you to do it's not just to be stimulated intellectually is that it would impact your everyday life you know there are people who say oh i have an academic life I have a spiritual life. I have a this life. No. Your spiritual life is the foundation of everything. Every other thing is on it. Because who you are is spirit. Are you listening to me? Who you are is what? Is spirit. There's a huge gap between the growth of many believers when they learn so much and you don't see it in their lives. Have you seen somebody tongue speaking, very powerful, prayerful, but character zero? That's not the best approach to the study of the word of God. The best approach to the study of the word of God is that you can implement everything that you've learned every day. So your Sunday must be connected to your Monday. Amen. Your Sunday must be connected to your Tuesday as well. Amen. Please, are you following me? This is important. And so as I continue to teach you certain things which we've started to already learn, I want you to think about how to practice. How do I ensure that this is my reality every day? How do I do a passions check? How do I ensure that, okay, Pastor Mike is not just wasting his feet every Sunday, but it's my reality. I'm a man of the Spirit. When I wake up in the morning, I remember I'm a man of the Spirit. When you get to write it on, on, on your board, I want to spend time praying every day. I want to spend time studying the Word every day. You put it to practice. All that God has told me, what are the prophecies I've received? This, 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 this. How is this going to come to reality? Start praying over them. Start walking in discipline as a man of the Spirit. I start checking my life and my approach to life to see if it's consistent with the way of life of a man of the Spirit. Listen, I'm not teaching you this just for the fun of it. I'm teaching it because God wants to make a different breed out of us. We know who we are and we are proud of it. Are you getting what I'm saying? First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. We read this on Thursday. During midweek service. Title of today's teaching is Empowered. Makings of the Man of the Spirit Empowered. We started on Thursday with the makings of the man of the spirit. What topic? Brave, right? First Corinthians 15, then are you ready to read with me? Alright, everybody, read with me. One, two, go. I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain. Pause. He says, Who is speaking? Paul to who? The church in Corinth. He says, By the grace of God, I am what I am this is how men of the spirit talk however far I have come it is because of God it's not because of me or what I can do he says I am what I am by the grace of God my reality what I have is not just because of my effort I'm telling you listen hard work is important and I've taught it before work hard but there is a part of success that cannot come without God are you listening to me he says i am what i am at the grace of god but that's not the end there's a balance he says and his grace was was not in vain this means that grace can be in vain even if you have it how can grace be in vain he says but i labored more abundantly than they all so the only grace i taught you on thursday that cannot be in vain is what salvific grace that is grace for salvation Meaning that when Christ has Christ died for everybody, I get what I'm saying. Whoever believes receives salvation, it cannot be in vain. But when it comes to charismatic grace, that is grace to do all that God has instructed you to do, it can be in vain. How? If you don't use it. Meaning that it would not matter the prophecies over your life. It would not matter the grace on your life if you don't put it to you. Have you ever seen so smart and so skilled Yet, they are not earning this exact same amount of other people who are not as smart as them. Let me tell you, the biggest shocker of them all. There are many people in your school that you finish from the same school and when you were in school, you could not predict them. Am I saying the truth? Have you seen people you thought to be extremely successful in life when you were in school? And listen, this is not to shame or shade anybody. I'm just saying generally. They are not where you thought they would be. And have you seen people who you thought would not amount to anything? And they are making money. Because it's not just about merit. Are you listening to me? There's something called grace. And there's something called election of Even outside of grace, there's also chance. <laughs> are you listening to what I'm saying? Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. However far I've come, it is because of God. This is how men of the Spirit talk. He says, and his grace towards me was not in pain. Why was his grace not in pain towards me? because Paul labored. How many of you have ever received prophecies over your life? How many of you have received instructions about what God will have you? All of it won't matter if you don't labor. Please, are you following me? If you don't what? Labor. He says, I labored more abundantly. All the people who are successful in God's plans for their life, they are brave. They labored. They labored. There's grace over you to start a business. It will not happen magically you would labor as well. Are you getting what I'm saying? We've been applying for jobs. It hasn't come. Listen, you might have the backing of God, but if you don't labor, listen, God can put you in situations that would warrant for people to bless you. But if you don't labor, you can't sustain that blessing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Think about it. You might get a job by appointment for an interview, but the day you lose 10 million for that company, it sack you. That you get what I'm teaching you so yes there is grace but there is labor you must work and you must work hard It says I'm who I am by the grace of God he says but so that that grace will not be in I labor I want to encourage you to be brave that, that's really the focus be brave in all that God is asking you to do men of the spirit are brave they are brave they are brave so, I want to start today by speaking about oppositions to bravery. I already did all of this teaching on Thursday, okay? So, I just did a bit of a recap. Oppositions to bravery. Number one, comfort. What did I say? And I'm not going to spend too much time with this. I'll give you a simple example in the Bible. How I many of you remember the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and said, What must I, what can I do to follow you to have all of this? he wanted something he needed something and when you are younger you are more audacious many of you have seen people like that in a, part, a particular time of your life you were more audacious than you are what changed life experience but can you be just as audacious as you to be that's what bravery is being just as audacious and the number one enemy of that is comfort you were chasing something beyond you before but the moment you got a taste of little you forgot your ambitions You forgot the plans that God had for you. You wanted to walk with God. You wanted to get closer with God. The day you experienced one supernatural expression, that was the end. But there's always more. And you need to be brave to have such high ambitions. Can you be ambitious in the things of God as well? Listen, I'm talking both ways. I'm talking in things of God. I'm also talking in things of the world. Because your success in this world is also unto God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because in the end, as a believer, your, your financial success in the world is also going to help you able to, number one, take care of your family. But number two, also support the cost of God's work. Are you getting what I'm saying? But can you be brave? Men of the Spirit are brave. Go check it. There is no history of men of the Spirit who are not bold and brave. I remember reading a story about somebody. I've forgotten his name. He wanted to do a crusade. He entered the city. And he went to meet the president of it. He said, I need your stadium for a spiritual program. Where another person would have been thinking small? He was thinking stadium. I want to fill it up with people. How are you thinking about souls for God? Are you thinking just with two people? Or are you brave about much more for God? I asked you a question in crossover. I said, what can God do in your life in 12 months? Did you think small when I asked you that question? Or did you think big? Do you believe that through your life over 20 people can be saved this year? Do you believe? Do you believe that through your life over 20 people can be disciples this year? Do you believe? Do you believe that your work with God can skyrocket? Can you be brave about it? Comfort the enemy of bravery. Because these things will come at an expense but are you willing to pay the price? That's what I'm saying. When you have a taste of little are you comfortable with the little? Are you hungry? how many of you watch soccer you watch football a lot there's something there's something we see in goal thirsty players that you don't see in others especially number 9 when there is a hungry number 9 he will do everything to score goals ambition can be the difference between a good player and a great player amen that's why I don't tolerate Ronaldo's a Ronaldo's slander rather fan. I know you say you should follow men but, Amen Glory to God I don't tolerate without those He's a hard working man Amen Just use the door <laughs> Amen Listen because When someone is hungry for something Listen both of them are both hard working Let me use that for an example You can tell that they have ambition That's why they are where they are you know what I think? I think the difference between a messy career and a hazard career is ambition. That is such an extraordinary player. And you might not know what I'm talking about. But really example. Extraordinary play- player. But I don't think he had ambitions to be greater than what he was. Please, are you getting this? Ambition. What are your expectations in God? In God. Do you believe that you can be a great teacher of the word? Do you believe you can be a great teacher of the world as well? Do you believe? Yeah. Do you believe? For comfort, comfort. You listen. When it comes to bravery, you can't be too comfortable, because if you are going to put it to practice, there's a prophet. Some of you, even me, have given prophecy in this church. But the way to go about it is to start. It will not be comfortable. It will not. How? I'll give you a simple example. You invited someone to church. The person came to church. And after the person came to church, the person was trying to pick up the things that we are teaching here and trying to learn and follow. Now it becomes your responsibility. This is what I'm saying. To now begin to te- oh, what Pastor Mike was saying here, there's a previous teaching here. Follow through here. Listen to this, 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 this. It will help you. The person comes and says, oh, I don't understand this thing. Try to. You are already putting to practice your teaching bravery, bravery have you had conversation with that colleague in the office that you know is ripe for a conversation about God, bravery are you listening to me bravery, I'm not teaching you to be reckless but I'm telling you that if you don't keep the passions that you once had for the things of God, you might go down a downward spiral and you, you know when you begin to drop in your favor for something you don't notice it's slightly it's gradual and you just find yourself not doing it anymore you just find yourself not doing anymore. Comfort is the enemy of bravery. So now a young entrepreneur comes to you and is asking him a question. How can I get this? And Jesus says, Sell all you have and follow me. Left Jesus. Some of you don't get the point of that parable. The point of that parable is that, listen, think of it. If it was Elon Musk that came to you and said, Sell all you have and follow me, will he do it? let me ask you if Elon Musk says sell all you have and follow me so you sell sell, sell everything enjoy. you say I don't even need to sell Selling, will waste too much time let me just follow you because I get what I'm saying so the problem in that parable is that he did not see what Christ had to give him as valuable enough to sell all his people. and that was what Jesus was trying to teach that and that's why he said it will be harder for a rich man, it will be harder for a camel to enter into the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into heaven. Because rich men are not entering into heaven. I get what I'm saying. But because anybody who cannot let go of what they have and place God higher, not enter into heaven. Are you seeing that? That's important. So, comfort is the enemy of bravery. And you just dedicate and say, I will be hard working. I made a resolution this year. I'm doing a lot. Some of you know that working, doing ministry here, doing a global ministry as well, doing so many things at the same time, tell you what, God I will be hard working this year let's see what is possible in my life I will be hard working I will be brave when we go out to evangelize, it's not because we just want to stop it, we are brave brave See, some of you will need to take brave decisions this year and for some of the things that God is asking you to do to start some things need to stop. As it happened to you before. You can't get a new thing until you let go of the old one. You might need to get let go of old culture. Old system. Old friends. To be brave. Is everybody following me? Is everybody following me? What is limiting? And you let go of it. And be brave. It takes bravery to let go of something that you are comfortable with. It takes bravery takes bravery takes bravery i've seen it many times it's a simple principle if you don't create a need for something you never know you need are you getting what i'm saying let me give you an example a simple example if you are living in a house that costs 500 you were comfortable paying that rent but you could ha- you could afford a house of 700 but because you are comfortable you never move are you getting what i'm saying the day you become dissatisfied with that house of 500 even if you don't have the 700, who create opportunities to meet the need of 700. You get in this. I've done things in my life that it was in the air. I said, Yeah, so we could do this. Wow. Thank God. Really. Bravery. Bravery. Number two, oppositions to bravery. Number two, the opinion of men. Ah! It kills bravery. A lot. Even me, it has affected me. If you cannot let go of the op- op- opinions of men, you may never do anything great. Are you following me? If you never let go of the opinions of men, you may never do anything great. Let people be able to accept you. Ah. Don't always have to transform unless who you are is bad. Don't have to always transform to fit other people's expectation of you. Your identity is found in who? In God. God has called you out of darkness into light. Don't try to blend with light stand out or rather don't try to blend with darkness stand out as the light that you are amen you know I've told you something you might have to do some extreme things just in the name of bravery for example there is no boss in this world that will make me walk on amen no boss in this because there are some things that have to be sacred that's, that's the life of a man of the spirit if nothing in your life is sacred there's a problem there's something in your life that must that must be untouchable. That must be untouchable. They, they must be sacred. They must be greater than even money. Amen. Bravery is learning how to say no sometimes. No. No. Are you listening to me? No. It's a man of principle that can say no. Because the moment they can bend you left, right, center, you have become just like any other person. But have values. Especially in a culture that values are lost. Have values. Have standard for yourself, be brave. Be brave. Listen, that God will demand of you bravery. It takes bravery to be in situations that you are not comfortable with and not cause God. It takes bravery. Amen. It takes bravery. Be brave. It takes bravery to hold on to the words of the Lord and the instructions that the Lord has given. It takes bravery. You can't be great when you are following the opinions of men always. Who are you? You're a man of the spirit. Don't change to accommodate any social group or social class or friend. Be brave. When you have in abundance, be humble. It takes bravery to be that. When you don't have, be humble. It takes bravery to do be, be the same person you were when you did not have money. When you have money. As some of you, there's a kind of money that will enter your accounts now. I'll not come to church again. People are laughing. Is it, am, I saying, am I preaching? Am I saying it? It's bravery. Bravery. This is important. Very important. Any friend that cannot accept you the way you are, I'm not worthy of having you. This is who you are. So I had a friend to Manitoba. So when he got there, it was the life of the party. He wasn't doing bad things, but he was just everywhere and available. They didn't know who he was. And when it was time for him to start meeting, I was not trying to convince them that, ah, I'm a man of the spirit. Just be who you are. And my boss is my come To my house, you visit. Tribe. I'm not going to be because of I'd be atheist, agnostic, anything. Yeah, amen. Because you are so bold to be who you are, why will I not be bold to be who I am? Can you be brave? Because are you following me, everybody? Let's be brave. Have you noticed when young people want to do something, there's this thing about elderly people that make it look like youthful exuberance. You know that thing, right? They say, Oh, you want to do? They say, Are you sure? Are you sure? No see, let's be, when you are young, be brave. When you are old, be brave. Be brave. You never wanted to be a doctor when you were small. What happened? What happened? Life? But can you still be brave that way about what you are doing now? Are you getting what I'm saying? Be brave. Be ready to do anything to attain anything. And some of you, yes. because the situations that you are in require brave. It will require bravery for you. To, to work hard with the little you have, because you know that there's much more coming. it will require bravery. It requires bravery to be suffering and not do something. Bigger. Am I preaching? You must be brave. Bravery is holding those, to those standards, regardless you must be brave. Hallelujah. David was making a simple inquiry. He said, "What will happen to this guy?" and also ever kills Goliath he looked at him and I said you better go and see you see what I'm saying why did they not try did they not have the same God of David warriors are talking the bad boy is talking but what happened to David he was brave went he faced him and he did not just come in his name and that's why it's titled be empowered because there's something in you that's greater than that in the world he came and he said who is this uncircumcised Philistine what did he trust in he trusted in every promise that god has made to his lineage that as long as you are circumcised i've taught you this before abby the first and second part how the circumcision is a mark of those who belong to god old testament but in the new testament circumcision was revealed as a shadow of the reality so what's the real circumcision the holy spirit right if circumcision marks people of god in the old testament in the new testament who marks people of god the holy spirit circumcision was a cutting away of the foreskin the flesh in the Old testament in the new testament the, the holy spirit comes inside of us and takes away our flesh and makes us men of the spirit is this clear so the bible says that the moment you receive the gospel of your salvation you are sealed with the holy spirit of promise what does the seal do it is a mark of authenticity that you belong to god so if they are looking for who is going to heaven as long as you have to, you are going to heaven is that clear does this make sense all right this makes sense. Now you see why David comes and on the integrity of that word he says, who oh, is this uncircumcised person? Meaning my size does not really matter. What matters is the God I serve. He won't let us down. Are so you getting this? That's bravery. That's bravery. That's bravery. Hallelujah. What you have might be un- soul, but can you be brave enough? Is it? Can you be brave enough to act on it? Can you be brave enough to work on it? I remember six people. I didn't think I had the capacity, but I did it. Thank God for that obedience. Are you listening to me? Thank God for that bravery to disciple six people. That was how this ministry started. Thank God. And so we've seen thousands of people saved as a result of that simple bravery when we were, I remember when God told me when we were meeting in Abuja, Lagos, me, I'm telling you, this is back to back. That means I would have had to almost 12 times in the space of three weeks say, God, me? Are you listening to me? Can, can you just be brave and do? Is what I'm saying. So, what did I say? The second opposition of bravery is the opinion of men. Someone would have looked at me last year and said, this pastor, you own it too much. Why do you not just stay in your window? Travel to Abuja, I travel to Lagos. Thank God for soul saved. Thank God for the impact of those meetings. Number three, fear of failure. I can relate. <laughs> fear of failure. Maybe Precious is a good example. First time I told Precious, I was going to be prayers. hey, fear of failure. Now you are leading prayers comfortably Precious and you are doing... But I remember the first time there was so much fear, like, ah, how is this going to happen? Start. Are you listening to me? Start. Do it, because your number one motivation for following God is not just money or success in your definition of success. Are you listening to me? Just do it because God said it. Success in the will of God is obedience to God. I would rather fail in God's than be successful in my own. Hear what I just said. I would rather fail at something. When I say fail, I'm not saying fail at what God asked me to do. But in our definition of failure, God said I should do something. I did it. And it did not fully materialize. But I followed what God said. I would rather have that than do what God did not ask me to do and be successful. Because what is most important to a man of the spirit is obedience to God. If starting this meeting, can I tell you something? As we are now, if this is the highest number that we ever have in this meeting, I will not be sad. Listen to me. Because I am so secure in God's assignment to me and instruction that I will know that I've been successful in what God has sent me to do. Even if in the eye of men it might not be successful success to me is obedience to the instructions of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, I would have been fine and I would be fine if this was it. Because God said, I did. That's it. And I tell you, the way God, the way God marks success, it might just have been because of your soul. Because one soul is worth more than a billion dollars to God. But it might have just been because of your soul, or your soul, or your soul. Are you getting it? That's why you should never size up a small church and think that they are not in the field of God. No, they are. They are. They are. Because they are raising men. Men who otherwise orders have maverick. They are raising men. This is important. So, success is what has God said you should do? Please do it. Fear of failure. It's very bad if you care too much what people say. Or you care too much what people think. This is important. So, focus on assignment. Focus on consecration. This is important. I'm not doing this to be big. I'm doing this because it's God's will for my life. Amen? That's important. I just want to please God. You know, one of the churches in the book of Revelation, the Bible says, you have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Many big churches are dead. Are you listening to me? I I want to be successful in what God has said. Finish if all you can do to prove to God that I'm obedient to your will service in your local church be active in it be aye. be active in it do everything in your power with the little because the Bible says he that is giving little he that is successful in, in little more will be given to him what have you done with the little? what have you done with the little? how about the person God brought to you to preach to? did you preach to the person last time? how about the person God brought to you to encourage in the things of the spirit? did you how about the job God said you should reject? Did you? That's the hard one. You no, know, a pastor was telling me the story. He said, begged God for a flexible job. Then he got one. He said, I wanted. It. He said he got one. But when he did the interview everything, everything, ah, they gave him the job. They said start as soon as possible. And he looked at the pay. It was not bad, but he had more. So he rejected it. And the one he's doing now, hybrid, a no-greery. And now he's angry. Because he knows that he clearly disobeyed God. Because he knew that the job he should have accepted, he rejected. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Because what he really needed for ministry was flexibility. Now, even the place he's driving to for that hybrid is far. He told me this story in confidence. Do you know what I'm saying? so it's not because it's not someone that rejects he just told me it happens to us it happens to the best of us we think this is what God is saying but we just by his tiny hair of line our own feelings get into the way we are thinking oh family this, this this but if God has said you have to trust us, it, it takes bravery to follow God though it takes bravery to follow God I left a whole ministry in Nigeria to come here and start afresh it takes bravery to follow God <laughs> amen takes bravery and you can replicate that in your life same bravery if God has said I would one way it affects his relationship for example it takes bravery that's the one place that many Christians don't hear God God touch everything but this one believers don't hear God when they pray about relationship that's the one time they cannot hear God they hear feelings friends they don't hear God you have clearly God has told you that she's not the one. Oh. you know I to pray, Lord, Lord, but she loves you. Lord, she prays you oh, sometimes. God has told she's not the one. You know the this thing, many times we know in our heart of hearts, but we just want it to be blessing so bad, and we try to convince everybody. We know many times. So when that happens, people that do that they always tell their pastor. They, until it's, until they've, they've almost got to right. say, ah, Pastor, this is the man. You know as a pastor, how far is she? You say, no. Pastor, this is the one that the Lord has. Eh? Timothy, this is the one that the Lord has. Please, are you following me? But it takes bravery. I'm telling you, many believers here go, 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 go. But it takes bravery to hear stop. It takes bravery to hear stop. It takes bravery to hear stop. So, it is important, so important you learn to be brave. It's possible for you to seem big to yourself and be small in the eye of God. If you don't you can follow God's instruction, hallelujah. So how do we handle this opposition? I'm trying to steal in you, are you going to be doers of the word? Are you going to put to practice everything I'm teaching you? I hope you do. I hope you do. I'll tell you why. I've said this thing in passing on, but I want to talk about it some more. How many of you love the Lord? there is a way I was hearing my pastor teach about this yesterday, but I've been saying this years now but he didn't say this exact part, this is what I want to share to you there's a way God works with his people a very important way that God works with them. and if you miss it you it's your role, God's plan and one of that ways, or one of the ways we see even in scripture, is by immigration. You're looking at me like, Pastor Otay say You know there was a lot of immigration. In Israel moved from place to place, to Egypt, to not even the disciples, the Israelites. From Egypt, you know, they moved back out, got into the wilderness, and they were going to Canaan. They were taken to exile in Babylon. A lot of things like that. One thing that is consistent with all of these things is that everywhere that the children of Israel migrated to, they proved to those people that their God is greater than them. Are you listening to me? They proved to the people that what, uh, with what I'm saying. You might think that the massive immigration of people out of Africa is just for immigration purposes but God has another plan in the middle and you're a part of that plan if you're a believer wherever you find yourself I'm not just talking Africa no matter where you're watching this stream for in in the world wherever you move to you have a responsibility to become an ambassador so what does God do he takes his people who seem weak in a new nation and he makes them strong you might have been just you just Rhoda when you were in your hometown but the moment you enter a new place, God begins to walk in you. He can make you evangelist know that just for his purpose. He would embrace you with everything he needs to do a walk in that city. Are you listening to me? You might just be marrow when you were in Nigeria. But for the purpose of God's work, he can empower you with a method of reaching out to people that is not common. But are you awakened to that? are you awakened to the fact that you are not just somebody who migrated to Canada but you are an ambassador for Christ that God has an assignment that he wants to achieve in your life there's an excellence that would come with, with what you do that will make people acquire who is your God who is your God how are you doing this? so don't worry situation now Are you get what I'm saying Believe that you have a God who is backing you up. The best way to walk in God's blessing is to walk in God's purpose. Listen, God can God can grant you long life for the result of his work. God can grant you for the sake of his work. Hear what I said, guys? To so wake up. Wake up to your call. Wake up to what God is working in you. I'm not saying you have to be a pastor because you are in the city. I'm just saying wake up because through you God has a plan even if it's not public preaching even just by raising your child well there is one more Christian in Canada one more good and solid, fervent Christian my pastor was talking about the, the law of God. he says if a father you know statistics show that if the father goes to church consistently at least two-thirds of the children go to church. So, if the only reason why you want to build yourself solid, so that you can raise godly children for God, do better. Do better. Don't, pro- don't produce a new, a new rascal in the society. Produce a solid man or a solid woman. you get what I'm saying? This is important. So, how do you handle this? Well, number one is what I started with at the beginning of this teaching. Sufficiency, consciousness. This is how I will handle every opposition of bravery. I would remember that I am sufficient in God. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 5 says, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything has been from ourselves. It says, but our sufficiency is from God. Say, my sufficiency is from God. Say, my sufficiency is from God. Sufficiency is a mentality. That I have all I need to do, all God has sent me to do. I'm sufficient. That's the first principle of bravery. And any expression of power, my sufficiency is of God. My sufficiency. Are you always tired when it comes to doing things that God has asked you to do? Remember, my sufficiency is of God. I want to leave you with that. My sufficiency is of God. Brother, can you say, believe it? Jennifer, can you say, guys, believe it? Sufficiency from God. So no matter where I am now, if I remember that my sufficiency is from God, I will be fine. I will be fine. Amen. The sufficiency is of God. Mandate of God and his capital for that mandate is the instruction. How does God sustain every assignment he has given you? The capital for that assignment is in the instruction. Is in the fact that God has said go. That's the capital. Go is the capital. The money you need is in go. The resources you need is in go. Everything you need is in the fact that God has said do it. God backs up everything he has asked anybody to do. He backs it up. He doesn't send one on an errand without backing. Do it and you will call the resources out. Are you following me? My sufficiency is of who? is of God. When David came before Goliath, he didn't talk experience. Before before Saul, what was he saying? I've killed a lion, I've killed a bear. Before Goliath did not say that. He said, I come in the name of the Lord. It's bravery. That's sufficiency mentality. Sufficiency is of God. I assure you, and God is enough. And you are sufficient. Number two, our consciousness. What did I say? That you destroy your positions to bravery. Power consciousness. Do you believe in the power of God? Uh, I don't think you do. Do you believe in the power of God? Well, believe that it can address any situation. I don't want to say too much about power. I believe that power speaks for itself. Oh, I believe it. Same God that conquered the grave. Same power. It's at work in me. It's at work in you. Think power consciousness. Do you believe? We've heard stories of people who were favored for jobs not because they were qualified for the jobs but just because the power of the Lord addressed it and caused favor for them do you believe in it it might not have happened just directly beside you but if you see God in your neighborhood it's closed it's closed power consciousness I'm telling you favor can speak for you nothing that God cannot do there's nothing his power cannot address power consciousness if you have that consciousness listen. small small plus power is big all you have, if all you have is your effort, all you have is your CV, let the power of God work if all you have is an assignment, if all you have is a vision, let the power of God work, remember to pray about it, some of you don't pray about real real situations anymore pray about it and see God work open your spirit to possibilities say nothing is impossible when you walk out of your room, remind yourself, I'm a man of the spirit, and I speak the words of God. I declare into the situation, I want to say the power of God available in it. Remember, power is important, tenacity is also important. I've told you the story of Papa Kennedy again before. He was, you know, he was praying for a woman, he was power conscious. The woman was sick, he prayed for her every day. She didn't get him for 300 and something. On the day she got him, he went again and prayed. That is power consciousness that even though what you are praying for has not happened, you don't stop believing in the power of God. He went back and he prayed for her and he went to church and he was preaching and the back door of the church opened, poof! And the woman walked in, walked in, walking properly. He said, Pastor Ami, he? hey, what if he stopped the day before? That's power consciousness. I read a story of him again. He prayed for a baby that had a deformed leg. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Said, "Go home and believe." Mother of the baby took the child. She was beating the She started saying, "Pastor has prayed for my daughter. Believe she healed." But dipped her child into water while beating the child and as she was straightening the leg of the child, it was forming to shape. Are you listening to me? Power, consciousness, power of God is real. Number three, preparation. The reason why you're scared is that you are scared. What did I say? You are scared. But if you prepare, well, what I meant to say is the reason why you are scared is because you are not prepared. Okay, if you prepare, fear will be eradicated. What evangelism you want to do? Practice and prepare. Practice what you want to say and do it. Amen. The job, prepare. Getting this, prepare, prepare. Get more certification. Build more capacity. Bear and trustful. See, your own side of it is the labor. God's side of it is grace. Do you understand? Prepare. I Prepare well. Very well. Prepare. Amen. The only problem is you are not as prepared as you need to be. Maybe that's why. When you are prepared, your bravery will come to prepare. Am I teaching things that relate to your life personally? Apply them. That's why I started with being doers of the word. That on Monday you don't forget, and you go back to Kauai. Prepare and do. I'll give you a few principles of building any habit. We're done with it. I'll just give you a few in any habit. Number one, start small. Number two, stay consistent. Number three, set clear goal. Number four, monitor and adjust. Number five, be accountable. And number six, stay patient and persistent. Can you think of one thing you can apply this to? Let me help you. But one, start small. Meaning, talk to two people. But two, stay consistent. Do it every week. For three, set clear goals and objectives. Have a plan for how you want to do this. For four, Monitor and adjust. Learn from your mistakes and improve. Number five, be accountable. Talk to someone if you need help. Or look for someone that will always ensure you go. Number six, stay patient and persistent. You might not win the soul you want the first day, the second day, the third day. Stay persistent. What else can you apply it to? Your growth in God. Number one, start small. Come to church every Sunday. Number two, stay consistent come to church every Sunday. <laughs> Number three, set clear goals. Have a target. I want to grow more. I want to know God more. Number four, monitor and adjust. See what you are not doing right and adjust it. For example, be sleeping early before church on Sunday, next day. So you're not going to church, I'll be Number five, be accountable. Talk to pastor. Say, it helps Give you materials, things like that. But six, stay patient and persistent. You will not see the desired results only the first day. It's over time. What else can you apply it to? Building a skill, job search. Start small. Even building a skill, don't start start heavy. <laughs> but start small. Stay consistent. Keep applying. Set clear goals. Have a target of jobs you want to apply to every day. Monitor and adjust. Look at your mistakes. Or the rejections, and make adjustments be accountable well make sure that someone is watching and is showing you do it six stay patient be persistent have you been blessed rise up on your feet everybody. now you're going to pray i'm going to say lord i want to walk in bravery over every and anything that you've set in my hands to do that by the partnership of your grace and my labor, i begin to see results in my life, and in my walk with you. Can you begin to pray wherever you are?